you ride like a Bobby Boucher? Do you ride your riding lawnmower into work then? <laughs> <laughs> no, I still push mine. I need to step. <laughs> And opened a floor cleaning business in Colorado. Okay. And it segued into a restoration company. And uh, Katrina hit down here. I had a buddy that had a, a contact that had uh, the janitorial contract with Blockbuster Video. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so I came down here, was here for four months. And uh, met a nice southern girl. Okay. And I've been here ever since for the most part. Welcome to 2021. We've got some big things happening in 2021. Um, you'll see an ad or a segment later where we talk about some recommended reading from people that have been guests on the Diojo podcast and our practitioners in our industry and adjacent uh, as far as insurance claims. But 2021 is also the year of the flipping podcast. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Um, you've got, uh, so the OGs, if you are not listening or have not listened to IAQ Radio with Cliff the Z-Man Zlotnick, the godfather of the uh, disaster restoration industry, um, and uh, uh, Radio Joe Hughes, uh, you, you owe it to yourself to, to check out what they're doing. A lot of their stuff is really technical on the building sciences side, um, but there's uh, Ed Cross, Mark Springer, you know, Cliff talks about history in the industry. Um, let's see, John Downey's been on there. Uh, Ken Larson, who's coming on our show coming up, has been on there. Uh, people just that have um, kind of been there, done that, and seen it seen the industry you know at its early stages and helped develop it um, you still got people there um, and then innovators and those kinds of things so um, you owe it to yourself to give IQ radio a listen they actually do it live every Friday I believe at noon Eastern time so um, and then our buddy the guy that uh, you know helped me get into it Jarrett steer with the GMS podcast just celebrated his 50th so um, that's fun. Eric and Larry um, over from Morning Tech Meeting, Blue Collar Nation. Uh, they do a great job. Skyler Lewis, who was on our podcast, uh, he's got his Rise Up Kings. That's aimed more at um, dudes, you know, uh, that balance of faith and business and family. It's a man who doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man. Idan uh, Shipzier has a series of videos on YouTube get out of the truck and then he released his new um, content for stay out of the truck for entrepreneurs um, Andy McCabe uh, was relaunching I think it's a claims clinic podcast um, you're, I, I was a guest there um, and then uh, I guess that was enough for season two so get to it Andy uh, you got Clark Brown is releasing the Disaster Podcaster. Um, let's see. You got the Service Monster Podcast. Chris Stanley, who was a guest on the pod, our podcast, the Diojo Podcast, has the IA Path. That's uh, for independent adjusters and appraisers. So there's a lot to 
you know, industry adjacent, I guess. Gordy Powell finally launched the Biocast 411, so kudos to him. Uh, Jeff Cross, of course, has his series Straight Talk um, from Clean Facts, Jeff Cross from Clean Facts. And then Michelle Blevins with Restoration and Remediation has asked the experts. So um, just a lot of great content coming from our industry. Um, so uh, if, if you haven't heard it yet, you got uh, the, we're with Restoration and Remediation Magazine, we've got the Intentional Restorer, January 2021, coming out next Friday, Baby Steps. So um, kind of uh, taking, taking some advice from, you know, the premier, the early celebrity psychologist that helps you, you know, get your mindset right so that your habits can follow Dr. Leo Marvin. He's not gone. That's the whole point. He's never gone. Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Um, so we, we uh, run off of some of his ideas and apply those to professional growth. So anyways, this uh, we recorded this uh, late last year with Kevin Hussey from United Fire and Water. Oh, I should be wearing. Sorry, Kevin. I meant to do this earlier. Uh, he was nice enough to send a hat. So boom, really slick. They are independent out of uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And they're a part of the DKI, the Disaster Clean uh, Network that was originally started by industry innovator and instigator um, Ed York. So that's a name, tidbit, that's a name you should look up and uh, read some of the fun stories. John Downey had a really good article about um, him. Uh, he's uh, obviously since passed, and so, um, you know, it's <coughs> fun trying to read and chase down some content and information about, uh, you know, people from the past. So, um, so our discussion with Kevin Hussey kind of talks about how he started, uh, in carpet cleaning in Colorado, which evolved like many companies into disaster restoration. He went down to Louisiana following Katrina and, uh, as he says, met a nice Southern girl. <laughs> and so, and he's been there ever since. So he talks about some of his ups and downs and the lessons he's learned along the way. That is our goal here at the Diojo Podcast, helping you shorten your dang learning curve for personal and professional development. And so um, we try to have fun with it, uh, but at the, the core of it is, uh, is just that. So please stay tuned. For our history, our one-year history, we've been doing Mondays. I am pivoting to trying to do as much live content as possible. I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live! I feel like that gives us more opportunity for interaction with the audience, but also um, it cuts down on my editing time because believe it or not, I was talking to Jarrett from GMS Podcast about this. It takes several hours to edit even a mediocre uh, podcast like uh, the Diojo podcast. So, um, so that the goal will be uh, Thursdays, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time as much as possible. That will be when the Diojo podcast live. Um, so we'll be pivoting to releasing content that same time. So either it'll be live or released. And uh, yeah, so I'm excited. Kevin's got a lot of good stuff to share and uh, let's get after it.
This is a slick hat. Look at that logo. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So do you ride like uh, Bobby Boucher? Do you ride your riding lawnmower into work then? <laughs> <laughs> no, I still push mine. I need to step. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't quite hit the big time yet, huh? So... Well, we were talking offline. So you grew up in California, um, you went to Tahoe, and then, it, so your first introduction to the industry was in Colorado, is that correct? Yeah, I was in Colorado, I was working, I was just basically being a ski bum and having fun, living a great life. I don't know why it changed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I decided I wanted to, to do something. So I opened, it was a predominantly floor cleaning business in Aspen, Colorado, with my brother in early 1999. Um, he and I were going to murder each other. So I ended up buying out another kind of a sister company. It wasn't a franchise, but um, the guy over in Vail bought him out in 2001, about a month before 9-11. That was pretty scary. Yeah. Um, but that took off. We did well in, uh, in Vail. And I, I had a buddy there who was from Louisiana and he wanted to get out of the ski industry and move back to Baton Rouge where he was from, opened up a, a company similar to what I was doing there in Vail. So it was, at the time, it was probably 60%, 65% floor cleaning, 35% restoration. Okay. And that was in the spring of 2004. So he, he went back to Baton Rouge, bought a van. He had a dozen pieces of equipment or so. And a year and a half later, Katrina hit. Yeah. And he, he didn't have much in the way of resources, but he did have a contact that had a janitorial contract with Blockbuster Video. Uh, what is that? Blockbuster Video. Yeah, those guys. Hey! Where did you get those clothes? At the toilet store? <laughs> <laughs> Some young people may not remember that organization, but um, we ended up doing probably 40 stores for them from Biloxi to Baton Rouge, you know, the majority of which were in New Orleans. Um, we had a, a great fall. I was here for about four months and long story short, I, I met a nice Southern girl and here I am 15 years later. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. What was the, the girl, uh, what, or the mom says, uh, she's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not getting too much of that. But. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, so, uh, I, I, I know you're real active on the socials. Um, I see in the groups and whatnot on Facebook and that kind of thing. Are you a hundred percent independent or do you all do some TPA work? on any program work with the exception of some small commercial projects that we get from DKI since yeah. we're a member but we don't deal with the alacrities the the uh, bear Clans, the Crawfords we don't we're not on any of that so basically 100% of our work is organic yeah. Uh, yeah we get a we get an occasional job here or there I think we're less than maybe two percent of our work over the past four years that we've been on with them yeah from DKI so and is DKI, I'm sorry, DKI as a network, do they do program work or they're, they're part of that trying to be independent as well as a whole? DKI, the members vary from, you know, smaller companies up to some pretty big players, 20 to 30, 40, $50 million a year companies. Everybody is basically allowed to do what you want. You can build your business model how, however you would like. Um, and I think, a lot of them have different focuses. Some of them are on program work. 
Right. Some are not like me. I don't think my guess would be that the majority of the DKI membership is not heavy on the program side of things. Right. Right. Um, and so you said about five years ago. So what, 2015 or so is when you. 2016. Yeah. September, 2016. So we've got about nine months left on our contract with them. Okay. What, uh, what, what made you decide to sign up with DKI or become a part of their network? Um, I was sitting at home on a Friday night in, this is probably 2014. And I was just doing mitigation. I had like one technician and maybe at the time in this particular night, I didn't have anybody working for me. And my phone rang and I had to, to get up and go out and suck sewage out of somebody's house on a Friday at, you know, nine, 10 o'clock, worked half the night. And I was 45 probably. Yeah. And I just decided, I was like, this is not sustainable. I need to grow yeah. my company. If, if I ever want to be able to just stop working, yeah. you know, and, uh, I don't know, something something lit a fire under me that night. And we didn't get on with DKI for probably a year or more later, but I started um, looking for a partner. I hired a, a guy that he's a partial owner of my company now. He's our general manager and our CFO. Nice. It's really helped to facilitate a lot of stability, a lot of structure um, in our company. And I've kind of been the, the force behind our growth to some extent. Yeah. DKI played a big role in that and in, in that the membership a lot of a lot of really smart guys in DKI. A lot yeah. of guys have already solved the problems that that we're currently encountering, problems that we're going to see in the future. And most of these guys are very open, and and they'll share with you their experience and how they got over a hurdle or you know through a rough patch and how problems that they had that they solved. And so we've we've really seen tremendous growth since our involvement with DKI began. And that's um that's really cool to hear because uh that's hard right i mean you it sounds like so in 2005 i imagine you guys are slammed right uh katrina's going there's just so much work right type of thing and then as you peel off of that then you're trying to okay now we have to develop a business and actually own the market and those kinds of things so um i want to get into what got into you hiring a general manager those kinds of things but what were some of the early things that you did to generate local work i noticed you had um CajunMaintenance.com. Uh, is that fairly recent or has that always been a part of the? No, it's, we opened uh, Cajun Maintenance as a plumbing company. We had some HVAC involved at, at the beginning, but that kind of went by the wayside and we focused on heavily on plumbing for, for about two years. Um, and it opened it as a result of wanting more water damage work. Yeah. And it worked to some extent. But the, the plumbing partner that we had was not ready for the kind of growth that we wanted. He was a master licensed plumber. He's a damn good plumber. And we still do business with him today. But we sold off the company to David is his name in 2016. And uh, it, it was just consuming a lot in the way of human resources. My GM was busy dealing with plumbing customers and invoices and booking calls. And my sales girl was 100% of her time all of a sudden went to plumbing. And so the restoration side really got neglected for a little bit and um, just decided, you know what, let's, let's pull the plug. Let's, let's sell the plumbing company and focus on our, our wheelhouse, which is water damage. Well, that's what a lot of, I mean, you've got, so at the, the Ojo podcast, our goal is to help people shorten their dang learning curve. Right. So that's exactly right. You're like, yeah. okay, 
uh, I've been doing work. I Maybe you pay for plumbers or you get a lot of work from plumbers and like, why don't I be my own plumber? And then yeah. exactly like you're talking about it kind of rather than creating more work, it splits your focus, right? I mean, you have to have the right people and the right systems to sustain that. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah. and on top of it, we when we opened the plumbing company, we alienated some of the plumbers that we were yep. already in business with. Yep. So we've sent, uh, spent a substantial amount of time since 2016 when we sold the company back to David, um, you know, re-engaging those, those guys that were doing business with us beforehand. And it's, yeah. it's been a good push since. Is that a popular thing down in Louisiana or for you as an independent, like paying for leads with plumbers and those kinds of things? I think that's are, universal, but. Yeah, no, there are a couple other companies here that, that do it in Baton Rouge, but um, it's surprising that it's not more competitive than it is. Like I've heard in, in Phoenix, it's $1,500 for a referral, you know, which is ridiculous. Yeah, where's your profit? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, you'd have yeah. to be doing yeah. some pretty pretty big mitigation jobs or, or mitigation jobs yeah we pay, we pay about uh three hundred dollars on average for our referrals here yeah yeah that's fairly similar i think in washington but it's starting to creep up you know so yeah um, i you know what's interesting is uh a lot of people that poo poo on the programs um a lot of the systems that people get into you know especially where it's super competitive with the pay for plumbers you basically have the same thing you're paying for leads and they may be good or not <laughs> yeah yeah so ultimately the goal is you want to get work based on value right your your name in the market um as you're building your company you kind of do whatever you got to do to to get that going but uh it is really funny talking to a lot of people that uh, say, I'll never do contractor connection. And then you talk to them and what they're doing. And it's pretty much the same thing, just a different name. Yeah. yeah. You're paying somebody. You're paying paper yeah. or you're paying a website developer for SEO. You're yeah. paying a salesman. Yep. You're paying a plumber. I mean, yeah. you're going to drop some dollars somewhere, somewhere. Yep. to generate leads. Yep. Yep. And hopefully you can bridge that into something further, more sustainable, right? So. It's 2021. Some people are still laying out their New Year's resolutions, their goals. A lot of talk about reading. I read about it in a book <laughs> reading books and those kinds of things so just wanted to give you a few recommendations from the diojo you may have seen the article already actually it's coming out this friday in the the intentional restorer uh restoration and remediation magazine but um our buddy dr leo marvin friend of the show um you know his book baby steps a guide to living life one step at a time I'm the only one that has this small of a copy. Baby steps, baby steps. The Intentional Restore, January 2021, taking baby steps towards your goals. So aside from the hard to acquire baby steps by Dr. Leo Marvin, uh, we hear a lot of people talking about having issues with technician documentation, um, you know, uh, having to develop their own programs and things. This is the 24-hour tech by Andrew McCabe, the godfather of remote estimating. He's been a guest on um, both the Diojo podcast and Pro versus Joe. 
uh, talking about his experiences with new innovations like Matterport um, and some of the lessons learned the hard way. Uh, a lot of you know him from the Restoration Rebels and his videos on YouTube. But uh, this has got a step-by-step -step manual to increase mitigation profits and reduce training time to just one day. Boom. So, <clears throat> 2021, if you are thinking about starting your own business, um, getting out of the truck, as it were, Idan Shipzir, uh, CEO of 911 Restoration, he's also been a guest on the podcast, shares uh, his experiences with, um, you know, immigrating to America, uh, learning carpet cleaning and then starting his own business and then not only starting but scaling quickly so build the business you always dreamed about he's also got a series of videos now on YouTube um, get out of the truck and he's developed a new tool this year for entrepreneurs to stay out of the truck so you got get out of the truck then you need to stay out of the truck check out his uh, YouTube page for more content coming out <clears throat> this is a this is a great book we reviewed it um, when we uh, spoke with him, I also have a review on uh, Restoration and Remediation Magazine if you want to get the gist of it. Both of those super quick reads. So if you're struggling in 2021, I can't recommend this is again, all of these books so far are from our industry. Rachel Stewart, who was with Titan Restoration, is now with Accelerate Restoration Software. Unqualified Success. Uh, my wife also uh, read this book. Um, she's not in our industry. This is not industry specific. This is, um, and I, she mentioned some of her story, but uh, other than that, but this, this book, I, I can't recommend it enough. I, uh, <clears throat> uh, I've got notes in here where basically the Diojo wasn't born, but I realized it was, that was the way to rebrand and to go back after it. And also, um, I think I've referred to it a few times, but the, the tale of the two wolves or the story of the two wolves where the grandson goes up to his grandfather and, and the grandfather says there's two wolves warring inside of you. One is fear, negativity, doubt, all those kinds of things. The other one is positivity, um, confidence, you know, self-reliance, you know, ambition, those kinds of things. And they're warring inside of you. And the grandson says, how do I know which one will win? And the wise grandfather says, the one that you feed. So feed your mind. Uh, mindset, you know, we talk a lot about mindset and habits. This is a great one. Bridging the gap between where you are now and where you want to be to achieve massive success. So. Rachel was a guest on the podcast. You can check that out. This is <clears throat> Industry Adjacent, Independent Adjusters Playbook by Chris Stanley of IA Path. So Andy McCabe talks about getting your mitigation and training to just one day. Um, Chris Stanley helps get independent adjusters up and working in 90 days. Um, and so we talked about that with him on the podcast. There are, uh, if if you are a growth-minded professional, estimator, those kinds of things, kind of understanding that independent adjusters have to go through a similar process to us, right? And as uh, Chris said on our episode with him, 
learn how to play inside the box. Everybody's got a box. Just follow these steps. One. Cut a hole in a box. Two. Three. Open the box and that's the way. Right, so figuring out what their box is, helping them with their box, and then figuring out how to communicate things that are outside of the box. Great, great stuff. Um, check out that episode with Chris Stanley. And then finally, humble brag, but uh, my book came out in 2020, The Mindset and Habits for Yourself and Team to Succeed with Estimating Property Insurance Claims. Um, so uh, this is, again, all these are, it really is mindset and habits, right? Where what you think will affect how you act, how you act affects how you make progress on your goals. So this maybe rounds out, but that- Have you ever seen anything like this? That's uh, maybe if you're wondering which books to add to your arsenal for 2021, um, Rachel's is available on Audible. I'm working on mine. Uh, we shall see. I keep saying that, but we shall see. But anyways, a few books for you to check out 2021. All of these have been guests on the Diojo podcast, so obviously we're biased, but... Um, Good, good stuff in each of them. Um, okay, so can you talk to or how much can you share? Like what uh, as a, you're building something up and you have the aha moment, right? Um, as far as um, both being open to joining a larger network, I'm sure... That comes with some trepidation, right? You know, are you giving up any aspect of your freedom or your, you know, your ability to make your own decisions? And then also hiring somebody at the same time, recognizing, sounds like your strength is probably more getting the work and then his strength is in the operations and the back end stuff. Is that accurate? That's the spot on. Yes. Yeah. So how, what was that process like for you identifying somebody they are like, okay, this is the person that can... I, I would assume part of that starts with being honest with yourself, right? This is what I'm good at. This is what I can do that uh, doesn't drain my batteries. And then how do you, how did you identify and bring somebody on and, and build that trust, I guess? Well, I, I knew there were some things that I didn't like doing. Yeah. And I really wasn't good at, I guess, as a result. Yeah. Uh, my books, I, you know, I'm, I'm much better at looking at my numbers today than I was when I hired Lee. That was five years ago. He's the GM CFO. He's got an accounting background. He's got an accounting degree. He's, uh, he's in his mid sixties. Okay. He's, uh, he's not real big in stature, but he's just, he's a very respectable guy. And I think that, um, everybody on my team at this point take direction from him. Well, he's a good yeah. manager of people. Yeah. And I'm, that's not me. I mean, if you've read the book Traction, yep. Gino Wickman, there's a visionary and an integrator. Yep. And we clearly fit in those roles. I'm the visionary. He's the integrator. Yep. It's, it's like ham and eggs. Well, but the, the, the funny thing, though, is um, it, it's identifying that, right? That, okay, I'm the visionary. He's the integrator. But a lot of people... Um, there's just that resistance to give that piece up, right? Because if you're a visionary by nature, it's hard for you to trust an integrator, you know, naturally, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Versa, right. Cause they're just, you need that yin and yang 
Um, and that, that is critical in, in a business. So what, what did those conversations look like or how did you, what, how did you know that he was the guy? Had I, you read traction before you started this process? No, no. Oh. I just read traction in the last two years and Lee's been on with us since middle of 2015. So yeah, five plus years. No, so I had not read it and I am, um, I tend to get burned a little bit yep. probably too often because I trust people. Yep. I'm going to do the right thing. Um, and it goes back to my, I'm not a great manager of people. I'm not great at holding people accountable, uh, accountable, excuse me. Um, but with Lee, it, it wasn't a problem. I mean, I, I let the reins go. I let him take control of the, the financials. I let him take control of the management aspect of it, which when we started was easy because there was only a couple of us. My wife was working with us. We yeah. had one technician and we were opening the plumbing company, which was basically one plumber, one vehicle, and pro probably not even a helper at the beginning. Yeah. So the management aspect was a lot easier than it is today. He's, he's, he's just a natural man. And he's, yeah. Vested in the company. Now he owns a percentage of stock. I mean, he's, he's an owner. Yeah. And he's like one since the first day he came on board with us. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh well, that's scary too, right? Like giving people a piece of the pie um, and expecting them to, but the bite, you know, the opposite of that, if you don't give people a piece of the pie, then they're never going to treat it like it's their own. Right. So you're right. And I mean, on the flip side of that is that if you're going to hire somebody who's got his skill set and his commitment to the company, yeah. that's a very expensive employee yeah. if he's on payroll. And the trade-off was, is that, that Lee would work for less than what I would have paid someone had I not, offered him equity you know equity. yep yep well and typically somebody further along in their career they want they want that long-term piece right like building give me a piece of the action and we'll build it together right so exactly um well and you touched on that i i noticed in one of your posts you had said um kind of taking advantage of uh the the situation with the pandemic and COVID 19 is um your goal for 2020 was to really know your numbers so for you what does that mean how have you pursued that and then um what are some of the tools and processes that have helped you gain traction <laughs> we um i have I'm pretty good with tracking my numbers and i've been for some time i know how many water damage jobs we do in a year's time i know what my average water damage uh bill is i know how much we've done for commercial compared to residential here my my focus has been really on uh, pinpointing exactly who our customer is. Okay. And generating some numbers or some projections as to what do we think we'll be able to add this year and how. Yeah. It's basically, it's plumbers. And, and so we're doing, we've done about a million dollars in work just with plumbers this year. Wow. I think it's pretty much all residential. Yeah. Um, we want to double that number next year. We want to do go from a hundred leads through plumbers this year to 200 next year. Wow. We want to raise our average water damage ticket. We're at about $6,700 this year. And we, we feel like we're going to add some, some more processes that we'll be able to drive that up a little bit by getting an IEP or CIH involved at the, at the front end of every job. Yeah. Um, and we're going to see David sweet next month and, and, uh, learn some of the stuff that he's doing with documentation and, and making sure that the, the house is dry completely and that 
that you're not missing any billing items and that you're making sure that the, the client's taken care of. Yeah. So when I'm talking about numbers, that's, that's what I'm talking about in 2021 is let's paint a picture of, of the bars here now. Yeah. We're going to be next year at this time. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to, to paint that picture for my team so that everybody understands this is the, the direction that we're going. And this is what we're going to shoot for in 2021. Well, at All American, that's something that we've looked at too is um, I just posted that today. A few quality leads kills a bunch of shit ones, you know, like chasing your tail. How do you, well, maybe that's a good question for you is how do you, do you, is it important for you to go after the right plumbers to get the right leads or you just want all of them? No, it's, it's important. I mean, obviously you're not going after plumbers that do new construction. Yeah. Even that do remodels are probably not going to see the same kind of uh, events or the same volume that service guys see. Yeah. So those are the guys that we target. Um, and, you know, occasionally we get a, a bad lead, you know? Yeah. I, I have learned that's one, one company in particular, uh, the gal that answers the phone has been trying to kind of vet these phone calls. Oh, nice. She sends us everything that she, that she gets. And it's like, Kim, this isn't, you know, we went out 15 <laughs> leads and we landed one of them because yeah. the other team didn't have anything for us to do, you know? So, yeah. Well, that's, especially if you're trying to get busy though, um, you know, if you're just spinning your tails, chasing stuff, that's not going to turn into anything that's, uh, that steals away from you being able to chase the ones that will, right? Yeah, definitely. Very counterproductive. Yeah, yeah. That's it's a hard, it's very hard at every level, you know, people say is this level harder than this. And I think every level in your company is equally challenging. It's just a different set of challenges. And I think a lot of like what you're talking about is trying to hone your process in, you know, find that ideal client. How do we get more of the good clients and less of the bad ones? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, are you guys wondering what to get your water text for Christmas? A power box is the perfect gift, but don't take my word for it. Here's a clip from a Christmas party in 2019. What is it? Open it. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! It's a power box! Yes! Yes! I've always wanted it! Wait, are you crying? <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you want your Christmas party to turn out like that one, get your water text a GMS power box made out of real lightning bolts for 39 easy payments of $9.99. Now available in your favorite Christmas colors. Okay, and then uh, uh, something I reached out to you. I mean, you guys are a larger, larger organization in, um, you know, the trend seems to be a lot of people going with Matterport. Um, I've been reaching out just trying to, there's plenty of content on people that have used Matterport. So I'm not opposed to it. I just I feel like there's less content out there of people using DocuSketch and you have been pretty vocal that that's been a good tool for you all. How did you come in contact with uh, DocuSketch and then? 
have um, we have two Xactimate trainers, certified trainers here in our market. Okay. They work right down the road from us. And I met them on a fire loss in New Orleans. This was probably a year and a half ago, coming up on two years ago. Okay. And they were out at this fire loss, and, and I got called out to take a look at it. And um, I was there, and I, you know, I introduced myself to them, and they were scanning the house with Matterport. And uh, I just started a conversation. Basically, we do a lot of CE. We have an in-house classroom, a little flood room here. Yeah. And they do classes. And I, I invited them. Hey, if you guys ever want to use our facility, come on. Anyway, I got to know them. And um, I had them scan a couple of projects for me right before we purchased DocuSketch. And he had both DocuSketch and Matterport. Okay. So we had a couple of jobs where we had these virtual tours and we took a look at them. We, we wrote our estimates based on the information in each of them. And for our purposes, DocuSketch provided enough information for us to be able to write a, a complete scope. Sure. You know, after looking at the cost of Matterport compared to DocuSketch, we, we just decided, hey, you know, we've got samples of each of these technologies. Yeah. This is substantially less than, than the other. Yeah. And we're going to go with it. It was less than 500 bucks for the DocuSketch setup. So we, you know, for the price of a Matterport, we, we could have bought multiple DocuSketch setups, which we have done since then. Yeah, yeah. Four setups, um, and they're out pretty regularly. And your techs are the ones running the DocuSketches? That's not just estimators or project managers? No, it's uh, it's the techs. The estimator, He's we like to see him at his desk writing estimates. Yeah, yep. um, He'll go out on occasion, but no, all of the techs understand how to run the DocuSketch. Yeah, yeah. Have you, um, uh, so I hear a couple of different, you know, some people do before, mid, after, um, and a lot of people, I know a lot of contents people are using them too, because it helps, you know, know this is where it was, or this is the condition. You can zoom in on the, so does DocuSketch allow you, you can zoom in and you can see close-ups of um, uh, walls, contents, all those kinds of things, conditions? You can. Yeah, you can. I don't know what the ratio of zoom is or any of that technical stuff, but I was just looking at a scan yesterday. We had a client says that we damaged her leather furniture. Okay. And, and I went in and, and looked and I mean, it's, it was on the back of the couch, which is up against the wall. So I couldn't really tell whether there was damage beforehand or not, but yeah, it's, it's a great tool. And yeah. you can document and it's not always going to cover you just like this case that I had yesterday, but um it allows you to do that. And, and we do a, a scan before we start work and then a scan when uh, demo is complete and equipment is set up so that we can justify if anybody's yep. about what equipment was on the site that we have a record. Yep. And then you can send that uh, scan off to DocuSketch and they, they'll send you back an ESX of the floor plan. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. It takes about a day to turn that around. Yeah. I think for a while that, that option was not available to everyone. Okay. It, it was, you had to have an enterprise account, which we're DKI. So we had that. I think that has changed. I think independents can get the ESX option now. Yeah. I was talking to Chris Pemberton. He's up in, um, I believe it was Massachusetts. And it sounds like they're a smaller outfit and they're able to utilize it. So I don't think they're part of any network or whatnot. So. Yeah, I think it was. Just, I'm sorry. It sounds like that's the case. 
I think it was a human resources issue. They just, they didn't have the manpower to handle the volume of work and they had to, to make some changes. And I guess that that has, has happened. So. And you can still do the uh, 3D walkthrough and whatnot. Have you used that at all for marketing purposes or anything? Um, we have, yeah. When we do our CE events, we definitely yeah. show people that, hey, this is how we document these things. Yeah. Um, and, and people like it. We, we have some realtors come through. They see it on their end because of uh, they get the same technology in their industry, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely been a good tool. We're also... Um, We've used it on Code Reds, which is a DKI thing. It's like a pre-planned response, disaster response, or ERP, emergency response program, yep. where you could go into a building and, and scan the entire building and know where the assets are, know where the electrical panels are, know where the fire sprinklers shut off, the water main. Yeah. And that's um, that's a tool that can be used in, in that kind of approach as well. Very nice. And then as far as support and whatnot, if you've ever had issues with DocuSketch, are they pretty responsive and helpful? They have been responsive, but I've only probably reached out to them a couple of times. We've been on, we've been on with them now since September of last year of 19. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, full, full 16 months or so. Well, I think that's, uh, I've, I think it's been three or four people have interviewed on that particular topic and that's what they say it's, less expensive, easy to use. It may not have all the bells and whistles, but uh, it has everything you need, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. Have you messed around with Matterport at all? I haven't, no. The only time I've ever really seen it, I, I saw Seth with Actionable Insights do some stuff at one of our DKI events. And then the trainer that's that's here in my area, I've seen him scan yep. one or two classes, but yep. I haven't really had a chance to play with it myself. As far as what, what you guys are doing, it's not been a necessity. So, so you twenty twenty one is here. It's here. We survived twenty twenty, um, but you know, a lot of people got health goals, you got personal goals. Da 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 da. I want to talk to you today about your reading goals and. In 1991, a man entered my life that left an indelible impression on me and gave me some guides, uh, a guide uh, to living life one step at a time. And that man is Dr. Leo Marvin. And in this little baby book, Baby Steps, Baby steps, baby steps. I was able in 2020 to publish a book of my own. Um, hopefully that talks about the baby steps of developing the right mindset and habits for yourself and your team to succeed with estimating property insurance claims. Uh, this is in no way the prescriptive manual for anything related to estimating or exactimate or any of those things, but hopefully it will help. And we've received mostly positive feedback that it has helped people develop the right mindset and habits. Um, challenge yourself, challenge your team. Maybe this is the right tool to help you all kind of get on the same page, working in the same direction. Need, I need, give me, give me, okay, okay. please. All right, all right, please. all right. 
Um, a lot of people think this is maybe a tactical book, but really, in my opinion, it's about uh, the whole approach to an estimate uh, from the, the perspective of everybody involved in it and everybody impacted by it because when a lackluster estimate is written, it ripples through the company. You know, it creates uh, trouble for the project managers who have to implement that job. It creates trouble for the subs and the um, technicians and carpenters that have to work off of a, an, you know, an improperly written scope, a poorly written scope. And then it creates troubles with supplements if you're not capturing all of those things. So having the right mindset and the right habits can set you and your team up for success. So take those baby steps and listen to read our latest article in the Restoration and Remediation Magazine, my column, The Intentional Restorer. got the when did you open your I, I know you're very active with um, continuing education credits when did you build or open your flood house um we opened the first one back in 2011 we were in about a 5,000 square foot facility at the time and we just it was just warehouse and offices we had people sitting in the warehouse and metal folding chairs with plastic tables nice you know, we built a little 200 square foot facility with a four foot stem wall around it and some carpet and that's all it was to start um we've moved a couple times since then and, and now it's it's a little bit more robust we got tile, yeah. some cabinets some hardwood carpet um so yeah we've been doing that for a while yeah very cool and is that part of your marketing strategy to bring people in you said you bring some realtors in and those kinds of things yeah it, it has been um it's I think it's becoming less or, or we're getting more focused on on who we need to be presenting to yeah. i think our strategy for a lot of years was let's just throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what sticks <laughs> and now i'm it's like i'm i got a dart now i'm trying to be a little yeah. more specific and i think the the deal was is that there's there's a lot of realtors compared to maybe agents and adjusters insurance yeah. agents and adjusters i don't know maybe the numbers are comparable but that we would get huge turnouts for the, the realtors and they, they can throw you some work, but we've, you know, come to realize over the years that it's, it's typically they're shopping, you know, I got a buyer, they're looking at this house. They want a discount. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's been my experience. My wife's a realtor and she's talking about, you know, Hey leads. And I was like, in my experience, no offense. <laughs> yeah. Realtors are typically the best source of quality leads, you know? Yeah. We, we just started in the last couple months, we found, uh, I've been trying to get my CE on with the plum, state plumbing board here, Okay. In the, but they have been resistant there. They have not accepted yeah. that. So we finally found an outside resource that, that does. Yeah. He does a four hour course and these guys, they have to renew every year. Yeah. For journeyman masters and gas fitters, which you got to be licensed in Louisiana. So he's putting on his third presentation tomorrow for us. Uh, it's the end of the year. We'll probably have 20 guys here, I would imagine. And we're going to have a mix of, of probably owners. Yeah. Licensed guys that are employees. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have some new construction guys, some remodel guys. But I would imagine we'll have at least a handful, maybe half the room would be service guys. Yeah. Um, 
and we just get them in our doors. They get to see our facility. Yeah. I'm about our referral fee program. We, we also do a, a, a big giveaway like every six months. We're giving a four wheeler right now. Oh, dang. So for every time they refer us a water damage job, they get entered to win the four wheeler. So come May, we'll do a drawing and, and uh, one of these guys will walk out with a four wheeler. This is our, our the fifth one that we've given away. Dang. Uh... We try to educate them on our, on our services. You know, what we do as far as water damage, our ratings, our reviews, the fact that we're not a, a program vendor, that we work for the client, not the carrier. And uh, we've gone so far, let me grab one of these. We started putting together this little uh, Dickies bag here. Okay. And I've got a, I've got a little twenty dollars moisture meter in here. Oh, okay. General moisture meter, and we show them how to use it. Yep. And uh, we put a little notepad in here as well that basically says what moisture content should be. And the plumber can then write in what your moisture content actually is. So if there's wet materials, they can fill all that out, put their name at the bottom, leave it with the homeowner. And uh, the homeowner give us a call. We'll come out and do a little free assessment. That's been working pretty good for us. Wow. That's, yeah, this simple stuff. Well, I like your idea, right? Like uh, realtors maybe get a big turnout, but we're not really getting the, the, the bang for the buck. And then whereas I'd much rather spend you know, a lot more money on a small room of plumbers that's going to turn into something, right? So really, really smart. I, I'm assuming you feed them too. You guys are probably pretty good at uh, putting something together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We actually do free lunches for them every Friday. Okay. That's when we hand out our referral fees is during yeah. the free lunch Fridays and the guys come. It was big before COVID hit. Now we're trying to rebuild it, but um, it'll be a bit of a process, I would imagine. Yeah. Are you guys um, shut down down there or, or back open or as far as uh, the the state? We're, you know, I don't know. They, they were talking about going back to phase two, but I haven't really seen much of anything. You know, it's business as usual, I think. And there's still people asking you to put masks on and I've yep. been not the biggest uh, fan of that, but yeah, uh, yep. is, is. is what it is. Yep. Well, awesome, Kevin. Um, anything else as we wrap up um our goal again help people shorten their dang learning curve i mean you've dropped a lot of really good nuggets you know been there done that um so maybe the guys that are you know starting out or um trying to break in anything that you would say hey uh, i learned this is important to stop doing and this is really important to start doing if you want to be successful oh, that's a long list i got <laughs> it's just tough there a lot a lot of very hard lessons that, that I learned, you know. One of them, just off the top of my head, is uh, estimate peer review with the, uh, estimating. Huh. Uh, um, you know, I, I hired an estimator two or three years ago, and he's very good at what he does. And I thought I was writing great mitigation estimates. Well, it turns out I was leaving dollars on the table every job, you know, yeah, yeah. money that would go straight to the, to the bottom line. Um, so if, if I would have any suggestions to some of the newer guys, is if you're writing your own estimates, or even if someone else is writing them for you, make sure that you get it in, in front of somebody who can be a peer, somebody who can review that. Yeah. Are, have you heard of this Ask Amy? No. Program, Ben Justinson told me about it. It's A-S-K-A-I-M-E.com. 
I had a phone conversation with Ben Justinson. I don't know, it's been a couple months. Um, you upload a rough draft of your Xactimate, your PDF, and Ask Amy analyzes your estimate and then comes back and tells you, well, you had baseboard in your estimate, but you didn't have paint. You had shoe, but you didn't have caulk. You had uh, uh, application of antimicrobial, but you didn't have clean the floors. Wow. And it'll, it'll critique your estimate. It'll give you suggestions on, on items that would normally be related to whatever items are in your estimate. Wow. Okay. And it's, it's a, a monthly fee is like 125 bucks and then a five or $10 upload per estimate. The first estimate that we uploaded, my uh, estimator Tom wrote, it was a $56,000 repair estimate. Yeah. He missed $300. Wow. So we got our, we got our money back on the first one. Yeah, was yeah. Away that he only missed $300. Yeah, like, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Very but we got our money back on the very first estimate that we did. And so he used that software for maybe two months. And he's like, well, everything that I was missing, it was the same thing every time. He's, he's like, I learned. Yeah. I figured it out. And so we're not using that Ask Amy anymore. We, we may want to do it periodically, but that's yeah. a good service to, to make sure you're not leaving money on the table. Yeah. Uh, shameless plug. <laughs> there you go. I'll, I'll send you a copy if you don't have one. But um, uh, Please. this is, I'm in no way... In no way, um, you mentioned Ben Justison. I view the book as more like the precursor to actionable insights or Ben Justison. It's more about mindset habits so that when you go to those classes, actually learn, um, it sets you up for success. It's more about just having a process for writing estimates as opposed to the nitty gritty um, that those people um, have mastered, you know. You need to be prepared going into those classes too. I mean, the first Xactimate class that I took, I think I left with practically no good information just because I wasn't prepared. I yeah, yeah. Used software it was, you know, a waste yep. of time. Not to say the classes are. I mean, we've had Stephen Harmon here, we've had Ben Justinson here, we've had uh, Bruce Othman and Jill Smith, who are the local trainers. And our game is is improved dramatically as a result of of taking those classes and learning about the things that you know, what are you leaving off your estimates? What's justified? What's not? Yeah. Well, and that's the, it's hard for people to recognize in the insurance. It's all about scope, right? You need to capture the right scope. And um, for your everyday kitchen and bathrooms, most of the stuff is there. It's when you get into some of those unique stuff, those unique things. We had Chris Stanley on, he's an adjuster. And he talked about, you know, the box, you know, every adjuster you're working with has a box they have to play with. And you can shout and scream all you want about the box, but if you learn to master the basement, it's pretty amazing what you can uh, what you can do with Xactimate. So, um, yeah, I'll uh, shoot me your address and I'll send you a copy. So, <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Well, awesome. I uh, thank you so much for taking the time and for reaching out and um, and uh, I, I've got gobs of notes there's a lot of really good nuggets um i love it i think that's the the you know when you've it's not so much that any of us are smarter than anyone else it's just more i i, I failed at that and learned my lesson yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. All about it yeah so well awesome well, I pre appreciate you having me and um let me know if i can do anything in the future to assist very good all right kevin i'll keep you posted on when this uh goes live and whatnot and uh We'll keep in touch. Sounds good, John. Okay. Thanks, man. Great weekend. Yep. You too.
This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard.